Okay, let's do some birthdays. All right, here we go. This week, May 22nd through the 29th, this is this week's birthday, starting off with the great Michael Corsentino. Happy birthday, dude. I hope you're doing well. It's been a long time since we talked, spoken, however you say it. Troy Schroeder, happy birthday, dude. Dirk Haderman, happy birthday. Claire Bira, St. Louis photographer and videographer. I hope you're doing well. We haven't talked. Chio Garcia, also happy birthday. Mauro, can tell me. Marcy Sandler, Sherry Hagerman, happy birthday. Brian McStay, Abby Capabo, James Neil Martin, happy birthday, dude. Raquel Cohen, Mary Morantz, happy birthday. Uh, let's see, who else we got here? We have Karen Wise, Keisha Lambert's birthday's coming up. Happy birthday, Travis Gadsby. Dude, long time, hope you're doing well. Happy birthday. Renee Matthews, Peter Rooney, happy birthday. Melissa Pruitt, Kate Autumn, like Autumn, <laughs> as she always says. Mandarin Montgomery, Spencer Lum, happy birthday. Andrea Cipello. Skip Cohen's birthday is coming up. Happy birthday, dude. Brianna Phelan, Christy Sutton Elias. Wow, some great people this week. Bruce Dorn, also a great guy. Happy birthday. Sean Han, Jill Stanley, Ian Radsbury. Happy birthday, dude. Paul Thomas. Uh, let's see who else we got there. And then Patrick Maurice. Wow, lots of birthdays. Frank Rendy, Jeff Fitzer, and Michael Hanlein. Oh, you're actually next week. I'll get you next week. I'm taking it back, Michael. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday. Let's move on to the show. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world. Just some great conversations with my friends and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, here we are. Another episode of Something New Every Week. This week, another great guest that I haven't talked to in a long time. Always a very, very positive personality within our community. I love him and his wife. They're always super duper nice and always have a smile on their face. And uh, I'm happy to have them here. Must be the West Coast thing. Uh, Yannick, say hello. 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 <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here today with Yannick Vashik. Did I get it right? Perfect. <laughs> said it perfectly. <laughs> Him and his wife, Sasha, run uh, Vasio Studios, right, in San Diego. Actually, um, we moved from San Diego to Orange County what? Um, about like a, a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, what? so we're in Orange County now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> so it definitely has been changing, a while. We keep changing it, but I think now it's for good. Okay, okay. So, you know, I actually don't know much about the history of your business and how you got into photography. Uh, and I know... You guys, uh, you know, when I was working at WPPI, kind of took the the world by storm um, each year in in you know everything that you do, and and you guys have been great teachers and just great inspiration within the community. And I love the way that you know you you you're always willing to share 
and lend a hand. And that's been one thing that I've noticed from you guys. You're not, uh, you're always out there helping other photographers in our community. You know, just, just a lot of fun to be around. So you guys were in San Diego. You're now in Orange County, but are you, you guys originally for like, give us, give us the history on Yannick and Sasha. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, um, well, I'm originally from Poland, so right. I, I came to U.S. when I was 20, so that's why I still have the strong accent. Ah. Uh, because I learned English when I came really to to the U.S., so really? you know, I cu- couldn't really get rid of that accent. Not that I right <laughs> now I don't even want to, but you know, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I'm originally from Poland. Uh, Sasha is originally from Ukraine, ah. uh, but we did meet in Chicago. Um, okay, you know we didn't pl- we didn't plan for us to be from you know neighboring countries, but it just <laughs> happened this way. Um, and, uh, we started, uh, I mean, I started our photography business, uh, like 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been photographing for, I think right now it's over 40 years because I got my first camera for my first communion. And I think first <laughs> communion in Poland is, I think, uh, it's either at seven or eight years old. So, yeah. and I still have that camera. Uh, so it's an old Russian film camera, um, that has, you know, like when you set the F stop, you just basically set it up as cloudy or sunny or rainy. <laughs> that's, that's how it worked, you know? Uh-huh. And then your shutter speed, you just put portrait, slowly moving people or running people. That's, you know, that's your shutter speed, <laughs> you know? So those are the icons on the camera. Um, so, you know, so a fun camera, but that's how it started. Um, mm-hmm. and then about... Five years, you know, four years ago, we decided, you know what, screw it. We, you know, we have enough winters. Uh, I was gonna go say that it's warmer, and <laughs> you know, the we had the choice either west coast uh, or east coast. But uh-huh. I hate humidity. Uh, I cannot stand humidity in Florida uh, uh-huh. or like you know uh, any anything along that coast. So we decided let's try California. You know, and okay. uh, so we moved first to San Diego. Uh-huh. Uh, we were there for two years, <laughs> so we have kind of had to restart the business over there because obviously nobody knew about us in California. Right. Uh, and so we started, you know, in San Diego. And then after two years, um, we made a, another bold move. I said, let's move to Orange County to be a little bit closer to L.A., but not in L.A. Right, because it's right in the middle, know, right? Up, you know, for us pretty well. Yeah. Okay. So what was the worst, was it wor- the winter's worse in Poland or Chicago? Oh, Chicago, big time, big time, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No, there's, a, there's a misconception, you know, like, you know, this bad, you know, uh, opinion about uh, winters in Poland, but winters in Poland are not that cold. I mean, they may be gloomy, there's a cloudy, but it's not that cold. Uh-huh. Uh, Chicago, that's really cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been in Chicago in the middle of the winter, and that that is some. And the, coming from New York, that is, uh, it is it is next level for sure. And someday yeah. I'd like to get to Poland just to see. I like I was telling you before when we talked. I have my family's from Poland and Ukraine actually. Oh, um, okay. So but both 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 in that area. So I have to ask you, so you grew up in Poland at 20 years old, you decide to get out. This is actually, I think, where I want to go. So I, I, I need to hear this story because I am, you know, I love to travel, but I never really got hit with the travel bug until I was like in my mid to late 30s. So prior to that, you know, I was perfectly happy, you know, being a New Yorker and doing my thing. And, you know, I maybe it's because, you know, everything that I need, you know, it's just so much and so many choices are available to you in New York City from food to arts to, you know, everything that, you know, you, you have. But, you know, what was the decision maker for you to move to 
Move to the States. I mean, especially not knowing the language and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wish I could say, you know, I was so brave and, you know, I packed my <laughs> $50, $100 in my pocket and just move here. Completely untrue. Uh, you know, I, I, I cannot take any credit for moving to the U.S. Uh, because my dad, because, uh, he, has, he was nominated as a diplomat. Ah. Uh, in Chicago. Okay. Uh, so basically, <laughs> he, you know, one day they said like, you know what, uh, we got the offer to be the the Polish consul in Chicago, and you know, what do you guys think? And like, that's like, yeah, let's do it. You know. <laughs> 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 you know? <laughs> so um, yeah. So yeah, we moved here. It was a big change for us, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I thought you know I would go here for. I mean, I'll come here for maybe three four years and then go back and basically have my American uh, university degree and I would just rock you know the boy in uh mm-hmm. in poland uh but as i was graduating from my undergrad uh, was the dot-com boom uh-huh. and you know i was in it back then and okay. i was like you know this is the best time to be here uh so i was like you know i'm gonna stay a few more years you know to you know to to ride the wave of the dot-com yeah and then you know 40 years i, I guess how many years has it been 20 28 since i came to the u.s so 20 years later i'm still here so yeah, well, I mean, you're here, you're still here, and you're crushing it. So that that part is good. So you um you so the dot com thing. I doubt you know this. He, I knew a lot of people. My brother was very involved in dot com, and mm-hmm. my brother actually had a brief job working for Dice dot com, an early dot uh-huh. com. So he was uh-huh. he was really in it, and um, it's so funny to to hear stories about you know, some of the people you know, what they did after, you know, that was over, you know, a lot of my friends got burned out in it. A lot of my friends just went back to their other careers. I mean, my brother was a, my brother was an artist uh, and a painter for many, many years. And he literally wound up to that job with one of his art school friends was like, you don't know JavaScript. You just come work for me. I'll figure you'll, you'll you'll learn. And I'm going to pay you six figures to start. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, those days are past. So you, you, you're still taking pictures and so you started your studio in Chicago. Yeah. So, you know, like I still had my daytime job back then, but, you know, like um, friends of a friend uh, came to me and said, like, you know, what? I saw you photographing people because I always photograph people when I was traveling. Uh-huh. I was not so much of like nature or architecture, you know, when, you know, photos when I was traveling, I always photograph local people. Uh, so they saw me photographing people in different places. And it's like, you know what? We have a wedding and we can find a photographer that we really like. You know, would you take a chance and you know just photograph our wedding? <laughs> and I'm like, heck, okay, let's do it. <laughs> that know? is the that is the story for every wedding photographer on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, so I'm like, you know, I think this is a good reason to spend all the money they're gonna pay me to rent all the lenses <laughs> I ever wanted. <laughs> so, so basically, I spent. I think Wait, you I, didn't I, use your Russian camera with the cloudy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> no, but so basically, um, I rent all. I think I spent the whole thing that they pay me. I think it was like eleven hundred dollars hmm. on renting every lens I could, you know, actually rent within that budget. So I have a gazillion of lenses. Um, I spend like maybe you know eight or nine months reading books about wedding photography, oh how gosh. to do it, uh-huh. um, and then like you know what, I fell in love with it, and that's how I got into weddings. You know, after that, I was like, you know what. After the first wedding, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a wedding photography business. So mm. I think January 1st, you know, I said, like, this is what I'm doing it. I remember I, I paid for my uh, the not ad 
in the you know on the website <laughs> so this was like i'm i'm really you know like i'm really legit now let's you know, get the ball rolling you know so yeah that's how it started wow yeah and and back in those days and you know i kind of long for that little bit of simplicity in yeah. in in the in the wedding world itself because just like yourself when i first I had been doing photography and wedding photography for many years before I decided I wanted to do it on my own. But there was some somewhat of that simplicity of just giving your money to the knot every month and oh, yeah. you would get yeah. your inquiries and you would book jobs and you know you would hope that you booked enough jobs from those knot ads. And uh, yeah, that was back in the day where you know if you had a decent enough ad and your website was well, well done, you could start your business that way. And so, so that's where you started. You started with weddings and um, you were working a full-time job. And then at some point you made the jump and just said, I'm going to do this full-time. Yeah. I quit my job like four years ago. So just before we moved to California, uh, I quit oh, my job. Wow. I was like, Let, let's move it and, you know, let's, you know, have a fresh start. Yeah. Wow. So you, so you stuck with your job for a long time before you. Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. I, I work really, you know, uh, two jobs, you know, I mean, oh, uh, wow. and you know, I, I, I used to work for a, a company called Avanade and, uh, they're part of, um, Accenture, uh, mm -hmm. big consulting company and mm -hmm. Microsoft. Uh, and I was, uh, I was a delivery director. So I basically, I managed like a really large projects, ah. you know, in my daytime job. So, and I had to travel like practically every week, Monday to Thursday. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I was getting to the hotel and in the hotel I had my, you know, my, uh, my laptops and I would just be editing, retouching photos <sighs> and then go back in the morning, you know, to the office and then come back on Thursday and then Friday, Saturday I'll photograph weddings. So that was pretty insane. That is, uh, that is quite the hustle. Yeah, I, I, you know. I, I just need to give you. <laughs> but the I, money was too good to quit. You know? Yeah, so like, yeah. So I was like, you know, so that's like, okay, if I make hundred thousand dollars in photography, then it's gonna be a good benchmark to quit. Okay. But I made the hundred thousand in photography. I'm like, well, you know, maybe if I make hundred fifty, <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, the, the the bar was constantly raising. I was just making myself myself different goals. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, this definitely gives me a little more insight into you, and and you know, like I said, you. You guys are always. Um, I, I've, I've I've admired um, your 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 social media and the way you put yourselves out there. And you know, I can see why people like you. And and you you've done a good job of. And it it is that constant hustle that I see from you. That you know, this makes a little more sense to me as I speak with you about why you know you've achieved the success. That, that you've had. So during this time, it was you and Sasha running the business together, wedding-wise, wedding business. Yeah, yeah. So Sasha, I mean, Sasha joined me uh, practically, you know, very close after we met, I think, okay. you know, because we met like nine years ago. Uh -huh. And, you know, first I was like, you know, because I had weddings practically every weekend. So I'm like, you know what? I mean, we can go on date on the weekends because I'm working. So why don't you just come hang out with me and just, you could just go and hold the, <laughs> the light stand, you know, and, and at least, we, you know, we, you know, we're going to be, you know, together on the, on the Saturday. Oh, Sasha, <laughs> what a like, sucker. You know, she called me, she called me babe or honey during the one wedding. And I'm like, Sasha, you never call me honey on, on the job, you know, <laughs> you call me young, you know? <laughs> but, but that changed pretty fast. And then actually she was the, the sexy voice activated light stand. 
Mm. Uh, that was her, you know, um, official title, Spouse, for a while. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I, you know, then she started to learn how to uh, edit photos. So she okay. was just doing the editing. And then she started to photograph. And then she actually became a very good photographer that, you know, I mean, she has more kind of feminine, soft, you know, approach to it, non technical approach to photography. Yeah. Well, I have a much more technical kind of, uh, you know, le less artistic approach. So, you know, so, so that was a good combo for us. And it's funny that you say that I, I, I was uh, when I when I was shooting full time as a wedding photographer, I admired husband and wife teams so much, especially with weddings, uh, mainly because it was, you know, you, you expected the same thing every week. You know, you got the same thing. It was husband and wife couple. And I used to love going and, and, and being a third shooter, a second shooter with couples to see that dynamic of how they worked. And I think from a wedding standpoint, from brides and grooms, it's really comfortable for them to hire a husband and wife team um, because of the re relatability there. But it there there needs to be a dynamic there. And there needs to be certain things that, you know, you're good at and she's good at and vice versa that that makes it work. And and I used to love watching how that worked. And, and some couples would do it by just fighting all the time through the entire yeah. day. Right. <laughs> and the bickering and don't do this, don't do that. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't admire that part. And there were some couples that were very successful doing that. And then there were other couples who just like you described. And I found that across pretty much, I would say. 95% of the time, the the female photographer, the wife, um, generally was the more creative one, more artistic, uh, was willing to go take some more risk. And the guy was definitely a little more uh, IT driven, for lack of better yeah. words, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, uh, I'm definitely less, art less artistic, more, you know, <laughs> specs and, you know, go by the rules, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, it, and and I did see it go both ways too, but uh, and I would see and and what what I found it really worked is when they just said said to each other maybe in the middle of an event they would say let's uh, it's time for our hats to switch like I want to go do something creative and you do it and they would make fun of each other and then they would go do it and um, and I think that challenge with each other was was what 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 really um, worked so. Um, so you started shooting weddings in Chicago, and then you decided this weather sucks. We're gonna we're gonna move to uh, we're gonna move to San Diego, and you know, you know, I'm not. Where are you now with with weddings? Are you still doing still doing a lot of weddings or? Uh, not that much. I, I think we do maybe ten to twelve weddings a year. Okay. Um, you know, that's. I mean. We don't really advertise. I mean, we post it, but I don't. Uh, I don't. I'm not on the nod. I don't advertise anywhere. You know, the Nobody's on the nod anymore. Uh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so we mainly. I mean, our main business right now <clears throat> are headshots and family okay. photography. Those okay. The, you know, I do a lot of you know uh, a little bit of product photography. That's kind of like growing right uh -huh. now. Uh, but yeah, but you know, just that's kind of extra. But then the main thing is, uh, yeah, families and and headshots. Okay. So and then you know, like when we moved to San Diego, <laughs> because you know the 
the wedding cycle from booking to actually seeing all the money and doing the job is pretty long, right? I mean, people yeah. usually book you like, you know, you're in advance, nine months in advance, right? And we needed, when we moved to San Diego, we need some kind of photography that will bring us money fast. Okay. Know? So, and then, so that's why, you know, we started to do, put more effort into headshots because, you know, we rent like an open space studio in okay. San Diego. So we basically, we lived in our studio. Uh-huh. Uh, so we had <laughs> people coming every day for headshots and that was kind of our everyday money that, uh, that, that we lived off. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me if you're, you're, you're a wedding photographer, you're looking to get into headshots. I know that you've done some talking about it. Seems to be, um, the need for, there seems to be a need for people to want headshots. Like, and, and, and I don't know like the market is there now and it seems to be more important than ever. And it seems like people are seeking out these more than ever. Um, I work with Peter Hurley a lot. And obviously Peter is, is one of the people who teaches about headshots in our industry. Yep. Um, and you know, moving into that space, what advice could you give photographers as they kind of want to move into that space? Is there any advice you could offer other than putting out the shingle? And say, uh, I, I think headshots. you know, the, mm. and this is something that I learned from Peter. Um, I mean, the big, po- you know, big part of why you know my headshots are successful is because of Peter. Um, yeah, it's basically consistent pro- portfolio. Okay. Uh, you know, that's I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I mean, good quality of course, but it has to be consistent uh, because then people know what to expect. Right. Uh, you know, I, I and I made this mistake in the beginning as well. I basically tried different lighting, different backgrounds, the, you know, different style, and then you know my more my portfolio was all over. Uh-huh. And once I kind of like solidify, you know, that this is the look that I you know want, I can still shoot other stuff if needed, but on my website you will see only one style. Gotcha. So that, so that was, you know, that, that, that I think that's the big thing. You know, when I teach, you know, anytime that I teach, you know, hatches, I, I, I tell people, it's like, you don't have to do the same way that I do or, you know, Peter does or wh- whoever else. Just get your style, but just be consistent, you know, just, and, yeah. you know, or at least post what you post on your website and, and social media, post consistent results. And then, <laughs> or in series, right? You know, maybe you can do, you know, one month this one, one month another one. But then, you know, people should know when they come to your studio or whatever you photograph that they know what they're getting. Yeah, and and you know, from the uh, the the headshots that that I've seen and and I've started playing around doing some headshots as well. I'm going to be adding that to my website. I'm working on a new site and been doing more headshots and then you know being on peter's headshot crew and noticing the lighting and you know i think what's been interesting for me in shooting headshots is that the process of doing it is not that complicated however it's incredibly intricate as far as how to do it right and just what you talked about the consistency is and, and and I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe we can have this conversation in a year and, mm-hmm. and talk about that a little bit more. But like the lighting needs to be consistent, the posing and the way that you interact. It, it, it's amazing to me how how just slight movements with your light make a ridiculous amount of difference. Yeah, yeah, in, in, yeah. And colors. I think the colors are, you know, right? are big. Being being consistent, the colors is one of the most important thing. Because if you look at the grid of photos, 
you know, the lighting, you know, as long as the lighting is, you know, overall consistent, you know, but then the, the, the thing that the, your colors should be consistent yeah. across different people, different mm -hmm. uh, skin tones and everything. As long as the colors are consistent and you look at the whole grid, that's going to make your portfolio, you know, look really good. And if you're, and you're right, the colors, the, the skin tones are so, like I never realized until like I was watching Peter shoot and watching other others and then looking at people's portfolios and then going out and doing it out on my own. And I just did some headshots recently and, you know, you know, the way I started out was trying to do it as inexpensively as possible. And I'm quickly learning that uh -huh. just as you said, consistent color is super duper important yeah. and you can't get that. But not only, not only that, getting the right gear to do it is going to help you, but um, it just if you're not doing it in the same place all the time and you're going to different locations, and this is the question that I have for you, you may or may not be able to answer because mm -hmm. I don't have my own studio. So if I am going on location a lot, I've noticed the colors all over the place. It doesn't matter what, you know, where you're at, all that light yeah. is bouncing around. I think, you know, the good way is to bring, um, um, <laughs> either like the V flat word. I mean, I don't have them, but I think that because they collapse better. So if you bring them around you, mm, so, that's good because, you know, like, yeah, it, it depends, you know, what is the, what are the walls? What is the light situation around mm -hmm. you? But if you kind of build your own box where people are, whether you put, you know, you use the black side or the white side, if you put around it, then you know that the environment in which you photograph people uh, is all, you know, it's always the same. Uh, you know, whether you go to that the is good advice. Not. You know, so, yeah. uh, so, you know, because, yeah, I noticed that even if I, you know, if I move from one, you know, my previous studio to the new studio, you know, the color of the of the floor, the color of the scene, right. I mean, everything, you know, will affect how and you can use the same strobes. But if those strobes bounce differently, <laughs> you know, then you're going to get completely different colors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would be I would spend a lot more time uh, doing this. I mean, when I had my studio in New York. I remember we used to paint the floors. Were you ever in my place in New York? I don't think you no, ever no, were. No, no, no. So it was, uh, it was white walls and, and gray concrete floors. <laughs> Every time we used to paint those gray floors, if there was a little more red in that paint, it would, uh -huh. it would make such a big difference. In And we were shooting oh, yeah. film at that time. And I could see it because we used to use a, a color... Uh, so whatever that meter was called that would measure color temperature. I can't even remember what it was called now. Anyway. Is it a password, the color checker? No, 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 no. Like it was, it was like a light meter. But oh, when, you would, you, when you would pop the flash off, I think most light meters actually do it now. But like it was a special meter that just measured, measured color temperature. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then, and then we measure it that way. But the V-flat world, that's actually, that, that's actually really great advice. So for those of you who don't know what, what V-flats are, V-flats are just basically... Uh, four by eight foam core panels that are made into a V. You can make them yourselves or you can buy them from, from V flat world. The V flat world ones work great because um, they fold up a little bit easier, but mm -hmm. if you make a box, you can control that temperature a lot. And uh, it, it really does make a big difference, but it's almost like you're building your own. Uh, um, what's like it called? Studio. Yeah, you're building your own studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, Faraday cage is what I was going to say. You're building your own studio Faraday cage. Anyway, um, so that's that. And then talk to me about the gear that you do do headshots with, because I know that, you know, you work a lot with, I think it's Westcott, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've been uh, honored, you know, um, 
to be part of the, the Westcott Pro team uh, for a couple of years now. So, uh, I mean, I've been using Westcott for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. So that's why when I when they invited me, I was so thrilled. And, you know, I was kind of like <laughs> jumping with something up and down. Um, um, so, yeah. So <laughs> in studio, we use the, uh, the Cineflex. So these are the LED lights. Ah, okay. Uh, so that's what we use in our studio. Uh, we don't use these on location because, um, you know, there, you know, when you photograph with those lights, the kind of the ambient light pay, you know, plays a role mm-hmm. in it. So, you know, if I take it to the office or somewhere else, in, you know, I, I cannot get the ambient light in, you know, impact my photos. So when right. I go on location, I, I, I photograph with strobe. So, okay. uh, so I have the, the FJ 400s. Practically the same layout as the, you know, the, the Cineflex and the triangle setup, uh-huh. uh, but I use the strobes with some strip boxes. And, okay. and basically this way I can, I can eliminate the ambient like completely from where I am. Yeah. And those Cineflexes are really neat if you have control over the ambient light around you and um, they're, you know, just, just being able to see the control of the light and exactly, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. again, you know, getting back to, you know, doing headshots for me, you know, and seeing it being like, ah, I just throw three strip boxes together and some cheap lights. That'll work, right? And then I'm slowly discovering that, you know, if you have one light that isn't consistent with the other light and with the Cineflexes, you can see that. And it really, really does make a big difference. The same thing with, with the FJ400s. I've played around with them too. They're, they're, they're really great lights. And yes, as you know, I interviewed Brandon, the president of Westcott last week. Mm-hmm. He's a super duper nice guy. And if you want to support somebody great in this industry, Westcott is, is one of those companies. And I know they take care of you guys. And as a result, you guys do a great job of, of, of uh, supporting our community. All right. So we're going to wrap up with, uh, you know, I always like to find out where you guys are teaching and what you got going on. And where can I learn from Yannick and um, you know what? Um, I'm not an educator. It's not my top priority. Uh, mm. If it happens, it happens. So I don't organize my own workshop. I speak only if I like get invited somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, um, like I think two or three weeks ago, I was in Florida because the local chapter of PPA invited me to to speak there. Okay. Uh, so the best way is to basically um, either follow me or email me, and then I'll add you to my uh, mailing list okay. when, I, when I'm doing my next kind of speak. Uh, but you know, I speak a lot for Westcott. I speak a lot for Tether Tools, uh-huh. uh, for PPA. Uh, I'm very you know uh, very active you know with PPA, and the, the, I'm actually the the vice presidents of the still of the San Diego chapter of, of, uh, of PPA. Oh, right on. Uh, some, you know, so this is a great organization and, you know, they organize workshops all the time. So that's, they do. that's you know, usually what I speak. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess we'll see, we'll definitely see you in January at Imaging USA. Yes. Hopefully. For sure. Yeah. I'll be at WPPI, uh, in August, most likely, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not speaking, uh, this year because apparently they don't have any, uh, what do you call the master classes? Uh, ah. We have the platform classes because you know the I think it's a kind of like a smaller version of WPPI this year, uh, but I hope the next year I'll be able to talk because I've been um, I've been talking about Google Ads at imaging earlier this year, mm. uh, and I wanted to do like a full day class about Google Ads for photographers at WPPI, but since they don't have master class, hopefully next year they'll select me. But you know, gotcha. Uh, that's that's kind of because that's not kind of I'm a, a combination of my techie side and photography. 
Well, I want to come to that Google Ads class. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'm going to email yeah, you, so, you know, to I get did, you. I spent a lot of money with Google Ads. And actually, you know, when, when we were moving from uh, Chicago to San Diego, from San Diego to California, Google Ads helped us a lot to bring business mm. in, the, in the market where we were not known. Uh, so that's kind of like over the years, I, I, I dig it, you know, like really deep into understanding everything what's going on. And uh, it's business, Google Ads have been really successful for us. Yeah, and 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 it and you're right. You'd only be able to teach that in a master class. You couldn't do that in a platform anyway. So I mean, I did a platform and imaging is you know it was like a an hour class, but it has yeah, to be so, so high you know, level condensed and you yeah. know so much information. Yeah, it really is like you know four or eight hour class that you know so we can benefit the most out of it. Right, right, cool. I and I do think that uh, you know as Facebook becomes less and less effective for me, for sure. Um, Google ads might be the, the pivot that some of us need to make. And I've played around on that platform a little bit. It is not, not super user friendly. No, I mean, Google all. in general is a very kind of <laughs> non user friendly environment. No, no, all it's all there. All the information yeah. is there. If you can understand it and if yeah, you can dig yeah. into it and I'm sure that you, you get it. So we definitely want to keep our, 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 our eyes open for that. And, uh, Maybe we can get you back on the podcast at some point to talk about that a little bit more. And um, but it's been great. It's been great catching up with you again and, and chatting with you. And um, you know, as we start to try, I'm excited for this summer and fall and come this winter again to be able to travel. And I think we might actually be able to be able to go to some conventions without masks. Exactly. And uh, you know, maybe even high five each other with some. And then use hand sanitizer afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think about all those high fives that I gave at WPPI over the years. And, you know, now I, it makes me cringe. It's going to take me a while to get back to high fives again. I, so, it'll be back. It'll be back. It will be back. Anyway. All right. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Something New every week. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, Yannick, uh, I hope to see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I'd love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.